in recognition of who you are this morning. We want to come to you this morning and ask Holy Spirit, nothing of ourselves, but everything of you. Will you not come to each one of us this morning in a special time, in a special place, in recognition that you and I, you and them have a really special relationship, Lord, and that there are no words to describe your faithfulness. There are no words to describe your goodness. There are no words and expressions to, express, to, to describe your eternal love that never ceases to amaze us. Your amazing grace. We pray this morning and I pray this morning that you will not just visit but habitate every one of your children in 2024. That we will go to a level of unexpected intimacy and unexpected breakthroughs in the midst of great contradiction, Lord. I thank you that you will stay faithful. You have and you will and you always will be our faithful Father, our good God. It's not just a saying, Lord. You are a good, good God all the time. And all the time, you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder how many of you have ever listen to the clip or listen to the story of the song that says it is well with my soul have you ever listened to that for those of you who don't know it and just for the lack of that time and just to repeat it i don't know the fullness of the story i always get some of the things wrong but there was a man who sent his wife and daughters over the ocean from America, I think it was, to England. And in the trip over, the boat sank. And his daughters, four daughters, drowned. And his wife finally got to the other side and sent a telegram or something. And she said, all lost, I alone am safe, and that sort of thing. And then he went to join her on the ship. And when they got to the place in the ocean where that other ship went down, the captain said, it's about here where that ship sank. That's where he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Amen. You see, the, the, the story behind the story is, It Is Well With My Soul is not written to what you're going through right now. It is well with my soul and always will be if I'm God's child because it's an eternal wellness. You hear what I'm saying? It's the fact that you are safe. You are saved. And you is child. That's why it is well this morning. I can sing that song irrespective of what I'm going through. It is well with my soul. Why? Because he has made me his own. I am his. He is mine. And it's an eternal relationship without separation. And eternity is a lot longer than 60, 70, 80 years. Eternity is a long, long time. So we've got to make certain that, that we spend that time with Him. And I, and I firmly believe that 2024 is going to be, and I see it all over the place, I see, um, I see situations developing in the church and all around. And I, I hear great men of God standing up on their platforms in huge churches, people who have churches of 5, 10, 15,000 people, and the man stands up in front of them and says, in humility, in true humility, and humility is not a soft, wishy-washy thing. Humility is simply saying to God, yes, Lord. Above everything else, yes, Lord. And when it comes to getting rid of self, when it comes to, you know, when God says, I, I, I wish, I think you, you must come and tell the story. Just quickly, the, 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 the cot, because I think, I think that, that's going to do a lovely introduction for me. Come and tell the story. Okay, so, um, of course, we've been expecting baby, so got to work on the cot. And the cot's been coming down from generation to generation. And so the one that um, I, was my cot, 
now it will be Miller's cot. But that cot's come a long way, and that cot has had a lot of different paint jobs. So I was sanding, a, yeah, it was, it was, I think it was, it was a mom's cot. Anyway, it's come for generations. So now I'm sanding this thing down to get it ready to paint. I was sharing with the guys this morning, and as I'm sanding it down, I'm realizing there's a lot of layers of paint on this thing. Right down to where some patches of varnish is still stuck there. It's all the brown from the old one that when it was varnished. Still. And so I'm going through these layers. And, and when you get through the layers, you think you are there. You're like you're in that place. You're like, oh, I did a lot of work. And so yesterday I thought, like, oh, it's just another half an hour of sanding and I'll be done. <laughs> Two hours later, and I'm like, I said, noch verf kreiso. Dan is die ding nou klaar. Like, and, and, then I'm getting, and then I realized, after two hours of still getting into the cracks, that's with machines and other stuff, and then the machine doesn't fit. Now it's now it's elbow grease, and you're getting through that, and and then oh man, the front section is still standing in the room. Hey JJ, I gotta go get that out. And so three hours later, we're 99.9% there. Okay, so there's still one or two little more patches. But as I'm going through that, I realize so many times in our life, we get to a place with God where we allow Him to sand the flat surfaces. But the moment he tries to get into those little hard-to-reach surfaces, we jump off the table. We're like, okay, I'm done now. It's like, it's, it's enough now. The good with it. And I feel the season God's taking, especially this time of prayer and fasting. I was sharing with the guys this morning. I feel it's a time where God's saying, I want to get into those areas to get all the layers off. There's layers you have put on. There's layers you've allowed to be put onto you. There's things that you have dressed yourself in. There's either religious stuff, the, the, uh, disappointments, things that you put onto that. And the Holy Spirit's got to come and sand down on that. And if you just have the flat surface done, it never gets ready for the paint job. Because when you leave those other stuff and you paint over it, it doesn't have the full effect you want. It doesn't look as good. And so we're too quick to sometimes jump into the thing. Like, I'm ready. Paint me with the new season. I'm ready for the new thing, Lord. Like, like God hasn't dealt with where you've come from, but you're already jumping into the next part yet. And, and that's why making moments like this time of prayer and fasting is to go like, have I taken stock? Have I stopped a little bit before the next part? Because what God wants to do is going to be good, but I've got to allow him to get into those areas that are not lacquer. That's going to take a little bit of elbow grease in my life to get him sanded off because he wants to cover us with glory. He wants to cover us with his son. He wants, he wants to strip you down to the raw so we can get to that place where he brings true healing in our life. You. Say these words. Say it's beneficial. What he just said might not feel beneficial at the time. But I can promise you if you allow him to go deeper, and that's what I hear in the church right now. Worldwide, I hear, Lord, take me deeper. Because if what the church is right now is what God intended, then I'm so sorry for us. Because this, this is not that. This is not that. This, this that we see worldwide, this is not that. Whatever you've experienced up until now, the, even the best that you've experienced is a drop in the bucket compared to the glory of God. Amen. And I just see all over this, Lord, take me deeper. And, and it can be a superficial saying at the start, but believe me, if your heart's in it, you're going to experience some, some stuff. But the, the end result is what God intended. Remember when he wanted to take them out and Moses said, you can't do this because then the, the, the people in the world would have said you were not able to take them. Come on, it's prophetic this morning. You were not able to take them into the promised land, so you decided rather to remove them. Moses, you can't do this. I've seen the end. I've seen the cross. I've seen that which you intended. And he said, okay, I will repent this once on the word of a man. God repenting because a man challenged him. Because the man had seen his vision on the top of a mountain. He said, I'll repent this once. But 
as surely as I live, God swearing by himself, the whole earth will be filled with my glory. Say his glory. Not, not, not a wishy-washy man-made attempt at, at, at glory. God's heaviness of his presence and intent. He said, the whole earth will be filled with my glory. And if there were, ever was a time that, that that's necessary, I believe it's right now. So, I, I don't know what happened to my Bible. I searched the whole house and I couldn't find it. So this morning... Either you're going to lend me a Bible or they're going to put it up there. Romans 8, verses 1. Okay. Well, we can do it both ways. Hallelujah. Why don't you do this this morning? Take your Bible, whatever it is on your phone or in your hand, in a book, whatever. Take your Bible. If it's in your heart this morning, lay your hand on your heart. Take your Bible. Say, this is God's holy word. This is literally Jesus in print to me. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray this morning that it will not return void, but it will achieve the goal to which you send it. May it change me May it transform me. May it bring glory into my life in the church in 2024. In Jesus' name. Okay, so uh, they didn't put it up. So can you put it up? Ah, Romans 8. Okay, there is therefore, there is therefore. Now, say now. Look at someone next to you, say now. There is therefore now. No, not a teeny weeny little bit of. So if you're experiencing condemnation right now because of something you listened to or heard on the internet, then I seri seriously question if it came from God. Sorry, I'm going to be rough in places this morning, so bear with me. There is now no condemnation, none whatsoever, to who? To them which are in. Say in. Say in. Say I'm in. If you're a child of God this morning and said, Lord, come into my life, then you are in Christ and Christ is in you. To them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So let me just clear that last piece up. That is to those who are still walking after the flesh. But if you're in Christ, you are already in the Spirit. Because <laughs> then when we read that last piece, then there, there comes the question mark of condemnation again. Am I in or am I out? But if you said, I want you to come into my life and become born again, then you are a new creature in Christ. The Spirit has come to live inside you. Verse 2. Okay, hang on, I'm going to mess you around. Can you go to seven? Can you jump back to the end of seven? Just, just, just to show you. Uh, uh, no, 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 not verse seven, chapter seven. Sorry, I'm jumping around with you guys. I know I didn't prepare you for this. Dun, dun. Chapter seven, last couple of verses. No, seven, right at the end of seven. What's the last verse of seven for me, somebody? Go back to about 23. Mm. Yeah, we can all agree. He says, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bring me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of, uh, from the body of this death. If you go back, he said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, that I do. Then he comes to this place, he says, oh, wretched man, he said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Okay, next verse. Then he answers himself, I thank God 
through Jesus Christ our Lord, who delivers you from this body of death, has delivered you, Jesus, all right? From this law, uh, uh, um, Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. So there's always this contradiction going on inside of us in the natural man. But you are not of the natural, you are of the spiritual. And then he jumps over into eight and says, there. Okay, so he finishes seven, but the Bible is not written in chapters and verse. It's there for your use. It's a continuum. So when he jumps over from seven into eight, jump. Because of this verse, the next verse in eight verse one. Is, is eight verse one the next verse? Okay, eight verse one. There is therefore now. <laughs> come on, come on. Do you get it? Because of what he's done, there is therefore now no condemnation. Ah, I get so happy. <laughs> Verse two. This is awesome. For the law, read it with me. For the law of the spirit, say the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus has past tense, completedness, finished, made me free from the law of sin and death. Shout with me two laws. But the first one, more powerful than the second one, the two in aggression and fighting and warfare with each other the one that's the one that you're in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is superior so within me I have a law of the spirit of life say life say abundant life say everlasting life Say overcoming life. <laughs> Say a life that goes on forever. A life that cannot be overcome. So I fall down dead today. And you say, bye, Dave. That's not the end of me. Death has not overcome me in the sense of this because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is an eternal one. Say superior law. Okay, come on, let's look at this. In the natural, you have the law of, what is it? Gravity. So the law of gravity holds us down. And then there's a, another law that I want to speak about together with this one, drag. Do you know how much the plane weighs that you fly overseas with? Do you know what a 747, Boeing 747 Ultra, or Airbus A380, or one of those military planes that they load tanks inside? Have you ever questioned in your life, how do they get that thing that weighs, how do they get it off the earth? As long as there is a law of gravity and a law of drag. You know what the law of drag is? If you have a really box-shaped car and the southeast is blowing, you find, and it's only got a little 1,200 motor, you find you battling to get to Gordon's Bay because the wind is like against an oh, okay, never mind. Or maybe we, must, maybe we must let Adele explain to you what the law of drag is when she's riding on a bicycle and the wind is blowing from the front and she wants to get as low as she possibly can. That's why the airplanes got a round nose and round wings and stuff so what happens is that law of thrust the power of the engine and the law of lift which is literally the shape of the wings pushing the wind down against the earth lift a thing that weighs tons and tons over another law it overcomes the one law 
Come on, help me now. Preach with me now. Come on. If the law of downforce, of, of lift, the wind under the wings of a bird or a plane, and the shape of the plane which is designed aerodynamically to cut through the air, can be to such an extent by the power of those engines and that shape of that wing can lift tons of the earth and say to that law, you exist, all right. You're actually operating all the time, but I'm using it to be able to fly. Say fly. fly. The one law becomes, or the two laws become superior to the other two and overcome them. You have a superior law in operation inside of you called the spirit of life, and it overcomes everything that is against you because it's a superior law in Christ. 1 John 4, verse 4. We have quoted these things until they've become so normalized inside of us that we don't realize the power of them. You are of what? You are of God. Hello? You, 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 you are of God. You're not of the devil, you're of God. Little children, and have overcome them. We're going to talk about overcoming. Because, say superior law. Greater is he that is in, oh come on, you can wake you up at the middle of the night and I say to you, come on, finish this sentence for me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We know it, but do we know it? Remember what I said last week? And it needs bear of saying again and again and again. We are entering a time of confrontation. Strengths are about to be measured. And when I say strengths are about to be measured, kings measure strength in battle, then we get a picture of horses and swords and tanks and we want to go to war. But you've got to understand that when we come to the spirit, the spirit operates always in the opposite spirit. So Jesus, when measuring strength with this kingdoms, these kingdoms on earth, they wanted him to kick the Romans out to fight a war and give Israel the kingdom back. He said, you don't understand the times and the seasons. Then he goes to the cross, which looks like the biggest Defeat that you and I can imagine. He goes beaten and whipped and naked and spat upon and reviled. He goes to the cross. And they think, this is our king? And then he uses the mightiest weapon there is in the opposite spirit. He said, Father, forgive them for they, they wanted him. The devil wanted a reaction from him. They wanted him to react. They wanted him to call. The devil wanted him to call 12 legions and have to start the whole business over again, which he could have done. But he wasn't, that, that, that's not this time. That's not this agenda. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. This is another time with another agenda. I'm about to beat you, sucker, that you never stand up again. And he did something in the opposite spirit, which takes a, is it council talum to say hell? Yeah. Takes a hell of a lot more. Okay, takes a lot more. Heaven a lot more. To do. Ask anybody here that's ever had offense or beaten up on. You'd rather not forgive and take revenge than to forgive. But he shows them something else. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
and devil screamed, shut his ears and ran because he knew it's now over. It's an eternal victory that I can never undo. Your presence in this church this morning as a child of God, forgiven and washed in the blood, is the blatant result of Jesus sitting on the cross, standing on the cross saying, Father, I choose to forgive rather than to Judgment and mercy collided on the cross, and guess who won? Mercy overcame judgment forever on the cross. So when kings measure strength in this time period, it's going to be the humble. Not, oh, sorry that I live. I'm just going to not say any words to you. I'm going to be so soft and wishy-washy and that's not humility humility is basically saying yes Lord when he says do this you say I have no say yes Lord and by humbling yourself your own opinion your own height to his opinion and his height you, you demonstrate the power of humility So when kings measure strength, just for those of you who weren't here last week, if you go through the Bible from beginning to end, but let's just do some Old Testament stuff. Whenever there was a confrontation, David versus Goliath, for example, Goliath says to him, you come to me with sticks and stones? Am I a dog? David answers, who are you, O uncircumcised, meaning without covenant Philistine, to challenge the armies of God? Samson sinned, he lost his eyes, but his prayer is in that final moment when he takes hold of those two pillars, he said, God, restore your strength to me this one time. I've sinned against you. You know the story. He confesses to God, and then he pulls down an entire temple of some uh, some down upon the Philistines. Says, Samson killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. It was where kings measure strength. But whenever kings measure strength, God comes up trumps. And they're going to measure your strength and they're going to take you to court and they're going to persecute you. All that sort of stuff is going to go on in this time. But do not be afraid and do not be dismayed because your king has already overcome and you are walking in his victory and nothing, nothing will overcome you. For he's promised he will never leave you nor forsake you. It's a time for the showing forth of the power of who our God is. And it's going to be in the opposite spirit. And it's going to be in humility. But it's going to catch them by surprise. And God will be glorified. So you can go. Daniel. Oh, we're going to get to Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Throw him in the fire. Say, kings measuring strength. Jesus on the cross. Esther with Mordecai and Haman. Elijah with the prophets of Baal. Um, Samson. Moses with Pharaoh and the magicians. Joshua in front of uh, Jericho. Gideon with the Midianites. Isn't that an awesome story? There's still too many of you. Yes, Lord. There's still too many of you. Yes, Lord. Does 300 make any form of sense against an army that's like the sands of the sea? They are uncountable. But he says, yes, Lord. And when the strength is measured and the trumpets are blown and the, the krakers gebreek and the, they kill each other and they flee and they do all sorts of funny things and God is victorious. You can go through the entire Bible. Wherever strength is measured with God's children in a case like that, God comes up, trumps, God wins, God is victorious, God is shown to be in charge. Nowhere in any of those things did David say, Ach, ek sit so lekker hier achter die skapen. Ek sing suikerbos, ek wil jou hee. I've got my harp. I'm sitting on the rock. I'm praising God. I know all the scriptures. And I know I'm blessed. 
and I know he loves me. And so the bear is beaten, and the lion is beaten, and Goliath's beaten, and Saul's beaten. I just sit here on my rock, on my blessed assurance, and quote my oskriffie. Sing a licky, gear tiki, preek a bikie. And then say, nog so erg, yes, a seer tear. And yes, darum here. And you bring your Christ to the Yerush eyes. Now, okay, that's another song. David did not beat Goliath in a vacuum. David did not beat Goliath. Jehoshaphat, he even says to Jehoshaphat, you will not need to fight, but you still have to show up to the battle because I'm going to fight for you. You still have to do something. You've got to show up. You've got to have the word. You've got to speak. The confrontation is still going to be there. But when the strength is measured, I'll show up on your behalf. I'm going to fight for you. For greater is he that is in you. So what do we expect to see in this next moment? I am more than a conqueror. Through Christ that strengthens me. Romans 8 verse 37. I said last week it's in the knowledge of him. Remember? Oh man, I'm, go I'm, I'm going to run out of time again. Uh, get, get this one for me quickly so that I can... I can uh, Daniel 5, verse 11 and 12. The whole earth will be filled with Proverbs 4 verse 18, don't go there, I'm just going to read it, but make a note of it. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. Say the righteous are like the first sun rays of dawn, they shine brighter and brighter until midday, Okay. Have you got that Daniel one? Okay. So Daniel 5. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy gods and in the days of thy father light and understanding uh, uh, and in the days of thy father light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods was found in him whom the king Nebuchadnezzar thy father, the king... Um, I say, the father made master of magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Verse 12. For as much as an excellent spirit, say an excellent spirit. Look at the guy next to you, say you're an excellent spirit. Say and knowledge, and understanding, and interpreting dreams, and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in same Daniel, who the king named Belshazzar, now let Daniel be called and he will show you the interpretation. This is the son of Nebuchadnezzar when the writing came on the wall. Many, many tekel al And Daniel walked in and says, you have been weighed and you have been found to light. He was called because of his reputation with the father Amen. who interpreted the dreams of Nebuchadnezzar and was found to be more wise, more excellent spirit than every other magician and soothsayer and wisdom in the world that there was. He was appointed over them all. Amen. Sounds a little bit like Timothy's uh, interpretation of Joseph. Another story with a similar sort of, say the seven spirits of God. Can we talk about stuff we never talk about? And in front of his throne, there are seven spirits. 
Can I interpret it for you? For, of the same spirit. Hmm. Woo! Holy Ghost. Church, we think we've seen all. We think we've experienced all. We haven't scratched the surface yet of what God wants to do in His church. And I tell you, and I prophesy to you, and I stand upon it. It's here. It's coming. It's about to manifest in a greater way than you and I have ever seen in all of our life and many of our ancestors. And you can laugh, and you can doubt, and you can be like those who watch Jesus perform miracles and say, oh, I don't know, Dave, you're just ranting this morning. Or you can become excited in a period of devotion. Remember, fasting is not to twist God's arm. Fasting is not to, to fasting brings you to a place of devotion that changes you, that sends out the little places and brings you to a place you've never been before. And I'm excited to go there. I really want to go there. In the midst of the stuff I'm facing right now, I want to get deeper. And the enemy knows that, so he's going. Yes, he's going with me now. He's going with me with not such a great, great And I didn't swear. Just such big, red, hard, dusty clods. But that's all they are. Say it's time for glory. Seven spirits of a one spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, come on. Um, Isaiah 11, verse 2. Prophesying about Jesus, but also talking about us because the same spirit, say the same spirit, that rose Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. And if you go to John, uh, Ephesians 3 and John 1 or John 3, it says, He had the Spirit without measure, but He's given us the same Spirit. I'm jumping now for, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Him. Who? Who? Upon Jesus. The Spirit of? Oh, what a, hang on a minute. What was Daniel? Daniel had wisdom. Rabushaka church and understanding and spirit of counsel and the spirit of might and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord seven spirits there they are all of the same spirit just in different manifestations and by the way the gifts go and read the gifts the gifts of the spirit are exactly the same but on him was the spirit, not a portionate spirit, not a proportionate, not a gift, but the fullness. Amen. On Jesus was the fullness. Then he comes in 1 Corinthians 13 and he starts off like this. Though I speak with tongues, say gift, of men and of angels, and I do not have I'm giving you something this morning. You say, I want to see more, Lord. Then delve into love. He said, if I speak with the tongue of men and angels and I do not say gift. Say, this is in 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 13 is between 12 and 14. It's Holy Spirit sandwich. 12 and 14 are gifts. 13 is love. It's written that way for a reason. He said, if I do not, if I have the gift, speak of tongue, and I do not have love, charity, I have become a sounding brass and a tinkling soma. Then all the rabu shakaretu without love becomes like something scraping on a tin roof. It has no power at all. It doesn't do anything. You can talk tongues from here till tomorrow, but if you don't have agape, because that word love, they, okay, next verse. And though I have the gift of prophecy, say gift, and understand all the mysteries, say wisdom and knowledge. And though I have all the faith, say faith, are these, are, are these gifts so that I can remove mountains and I have not love? I am 
Church, do you see where we're failing? Do you see where we've lost it? The devil has made us mad with one specific reason. He's made us as mad as snakes so that we lose it, so that love can disappear out of our relationship towards one another. Sean said, let us have grace for one another. I'm preaching better than you shouting. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods and feed the poor, say charity and what's that? And though I give my body to be burned and I have not love, all the giving I've given profits me nothing. Go to the next verse. And then he describes what love is. Then he comes to a portion of 13 and he says, when I was a child, say immature, When I was a child, I did the things of children. But now that I am mature and fully grown, I've put away childish things. Then he says something about tongues will pass. He's not saying the gift will pass. What he's actually saying is the measured one, the one that's only a portion of, is going to disappear and the fullness of the seven are going to come upon me like they were on Jesus. This spirit of wisdom, not a gift, this spirit of knowledge, that will come upon the mature church. And when they look at me, they'll see him. Go right to the bottom. Now by the faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. Okay, got to drop it. We can go on next week. Here. Second Corinthians 3, we're back there. Talking about the law, which you can include the law of sin and death in. Because if you read Second Corinthians 3, it says the letter kills, but the Spirit says, gives life. Talking about that law versus the other law. He says it was written on stones and it had a measure of glory. Say measure. But Moses wore a veil across his face. Why? Because the glory of the law was fading. Because why did he wear a veil? Because his face, what? It was shining. Say glory and light. His face was shining because he touched in the measure of the presence of God, but it wasn't God's ultimate plan. He said, but whenever the law is read, there is a veil upon their faces. But when that heart turns to the Lord, the veil is torn and taken away. Amen. And we all with unveiled face, looking into the word, say transformation comes from the word, are changed, transformed, metamorphosized, caterpillar to butterfly to another glory, a more superior glory. The one was a fading one, he had to wear a veil, but we don't have to wear a veil because our glory is not fading. It's an ever increasing position in God. The glory of the Lord is going to come upon the sons and the whole earth is waiting for that glory and that light, which by the way comes from wisdom for the wise who convert many sins will shine like the sun at noonday. We are going to confuse them. We are going to refute them. Not because I am slim cop, but because when they put me in front of them, he said, don't worry about what you will say, but I will give you what you say when you get there because I am going to be the wisdom within you. You will speak what I want you to speak. Can I give you, uh, okay. So Jesus takes them. He said, some of you are here that will not die until you see me coming in my kingdom with power and glory. Then seven days later, come on, are they all dead now? Yeah. So he must have been talking to them because seven days later he takes them, Peter, James, and John, and he puts them on a high mountain with him, say mountain. 
Oh, I wish I could preach on mountain this morning. And as he prays, as he was used to in devotion and special time with his father, this is not playing games, God. We're not fasting because for the last 40 years, the pungster men had gefast. We're not praying and calling a month of prayer because we have nothing else to do. We've got a serious agenda that it's time for us to move up higher. I'm, I'm really serious with you this morning. If you've ever taken Dave seriously, take him seriously now. Go back to the 12th of November. Put a stake in the ground. Understand why I'm serious. It's time to go higher. And as he prays, he transforms. He transfigures. He takes them up on the mountain and says, I'll show you the kingdom. And then as he's praying, And God says something. He said, he said it at the baptismal water when the cloud appeared and the light appeared and, and, and John, John came up and the Spirit came down. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Can I give you the good news that the devil wants not to hear in the church? These, 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 look into the white of my eyes. These are my beloved sons. These in whom I am well pleased, no condemnation. These, these, all of you, every last single one of you are his beloved sons in whom he's well pleased. He's well pleased with you. He wants to drop his glory on you. Hear him. They want to build three temples and they want to go to Kera. And then when they wake up again, he's standing there, Jesus by himself. But what happened while he was praying? The glory. When you are led by the Spirit, you become sons of God. He said, the earth and all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons. Please, please hear me this morning. If there is such a thing as a rapture, it's not to go somewhere. It's to go in and him in. It's an enrapturement that causes something. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth, on earth, in earth, as it is in heaven. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Ach, I haven't even touched on it. It's time for glory. Nie sommer enige glory nie. Nie glory op a lorry, hallelujah. Real, tangible, touchable, visible presence of God within His church. And I pray to God I see it. Pray to God I don't miss it. I, I want to be here. I want to be in the earth when it happened. I want to see. Last scripture, quickly. Romans 6 verse 4. How many of you are baptized? Just stick your hand up. I can't tell you. Stick your hand up. How many of you are baptized? Look quickly. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism into death. Say, I'm dead. Say, I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. In, that as, are you ready for this? That like as Christ, say like as Christ, was raised up from the dead. Say, I was buried, but Sean didn't leave me in the ocean. Didn't drown you. Nono didn't keep you under. You came out of the sea and you walked out with us. That like as Christ, like as, like as, like as, like as principle, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Say glory of the Father. Say resurrection by the glory of the Father. 
even so we, say even so, we also should walk. I can't preach this. Should walk in the newness of life. Who's baptized? Then you are raised in his resurrection. And as he was raised, you are also raised. The same spirit, the same that raised Jesus from the dead, quickens your mortal body. And you are sons. If you let the spirit lead you wherever he wants to lead you in maturity, then the glory of the Father will be seen upon us and we will walk in a newness. Who wants to see sick healed under their hands? I do. Who wants to see dead raised as easy as going to the shop to buy toffees? Who wants to see demons flee without any fight at all just by you walking in the door? What happened? Oh no, I just walked in. Then you are raised. Let it rise, church. Stand on your feet. Let it rise. Let it rise. Come on. It's time for a new season. It's time for a devotion. It's time to see God in the church, in my body, in my life. Let it rise. Let it rise. Father, I thank you this morning for a newness of life. I thank you for a new season. I thank you for what you are doing. May you be glorified. May you be glorified. Within each believer and child of God this morning, may you be glorified. I'm going to say something to you that I mean with all my heart, and I, and I mean it really uprightly. Do not come to me after the service and say, Pastor Dave, you preached a good service. Because I didn't preach it. I, 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 I value Leslie, and I value people that I know come with a really good heart, so I'm not hurting anybody. They come to me afterwards and say, you blessed me this morning. I, I value every one of you that come to me and say, you blessed me. But I don't want you to come to me this specific morning and say to me, you blessed me. I want you to say, Jesus, you blessed me this morning out of your word. You are an awesome father. Because Dave cannot preach like that. He couldn't say that. It's God in the spirit, in this place. Say, I receive a touch of the Spirit. A touch of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. An indwelling of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Let your glory fill the house, Lord. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen.